My name is Leslie Payne. Welcome to day 21 of Below the Median Income. Some background information about how I came up with this. First is the Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Secondly, on March 12, 2018, Director Joshua V. Barr of the Des Moines Civil and Human Rights Commission said, We have 75% of students experiencing some form of poverty in Des Moines public schools. So what can we do to improve that outlook? Research has shown that if a person remains in an impoverished condition up through their adolescent years, they are more likely to remain in that position as they become older and become adults. That information made me think of a person being in a space that they could see but were not participating in. It evolved into an idea for an art installation of aerial images of Des Moines displayed on the floor. The images place the visitor outside the space they routinely travel. The audio components are interview recordings obtained from people involved with public or nonprofit organizations. The interviews tell the visitor about where that person routinely travels. The installation contrasts Des Moines ranking as a best-in-nation place to live, Iowa nice reputation of being overly friendly and go out of our way to help fellow citizens, and the visitor's personal story of where they travel in the city. You are listening to the audio component of my project. I didn't want the interviews to be an unheard story in a gallery setting. The best way I thought to prevent that was to make them available as a podcast. My guest for day 21 is Courtney Smith. She participated in Movement 515 as a mentor. Movement 515 is a program offered to students in Des Moines Public Schools. Students and mentors attempt to slow down the world and investigate themselves. They work toward becoming change agents, shedding light on the impact human emotion and connection brings to the global community. Movement 515 is an urban arts community where twice a week, students and mentors come together to create spoken word poetry. Thank you for joining me, Courtney. What neighborhood of Des Moines do you live in? I live on the south side of Des Moines. Who do you live with? I live with my boyfriend, my five-year-old son, and right now I'm fostering some younger cousins of mine, so a four-year-old and a 16-year-old. So you're their primary financial support for three kids? Yep. Finish the sentence. When I step outside the place I live, I see... Rows of houses that all look the same. I see kids running around playing, woods, deer sometimes in my backyard. When I step outside the place I live, I hear... Children playing, hear music around my neighbors, blasting music from their car. I hear more music coming from the park that's down the street from my house where they have events at. How do you get from place to place? I drive. Was DART ever your primary transportation? It was. There was a time in my life when I had to start over, and I left my abusive relationship with my son's father. I got help with my addiction, and I lived in a treatment facility, and so I didn't have anything. I primarily rode the bus, and then I also bought a bike and would bike everywhere. My bike had like a trailer on the back of it, so I could put my son in there. 
any other belongings that I needed to like take along with me. How is that adjustment for scheduling time? There's time to the bus, there's... Yeah, it's a huge inconvenience. (laughs) Because, I mean, in Des Moines, you can get anywhere in 10 to 15 minutes, usually. Whereas if you're taking the bus, it only runs every hour. So you have to schedule in time for how long it's going to take for you to walk to the bus stop. And then how many transfers you'll have to take in order to get to where you're going. If I'm going to like Merle Hay, but the bus, there isn't a bus that goes to Merle Hay. I have to go to downtown and then get on another bus that goes all around the city to then get to Merle Hay. And that would take at least an hour where usually, you know, it would only take like 10, 15 minutes. Where did you grow up? So I grew up in Des Moines, primarily in like the east side neighborhood. I lived in the River Hills apartments. Right now, they're no longer what they were when I was growing up, but they were low-income affordable housing based off your income. My dad also, I would go to his house on the weekends, and he lived in the west side of Des Moines. Not west Des Moines, west side, (laughs) across the bridge. That's over in the Forest Avenue neighborhood over by Forest Park. Who raised you? Or is that com- combination? Yep, combination of mom and dad. My mom was a single mother of four children. I'd go to my dad's on the weekends. They both played a major role in my life. I think my mom mostly because she was our primary caregiver and the financial responsibility of us. My dad kind of struggled with the law a bit, so he was in jail sometimes, uh, and my mom would be the one to have to take up that responsibility of taking care of us. Which Des Moines public schools did you attend? So I went to Longfellow Elementary School, which is now Carver. For middle school, I went to Hyatt on the east side, and then from there I went to East for my ninth grade year, and then I moved with my dad on the west side of Des Moines and went to Hoover for my 10th grade year. I moved back with my mom, and by that time she had moved to the northeast side, so then I went to North High School. And what's made you want to stay in Des Moines? Hmm. Financial barriers. I wouldn't say that, that I want to stay in Des Moines. At first, I was staying in Des Moines because I have a custody agreement with my son's dad, and if I were to leave, then I would have to give up custody of my son to his dad. And now he ended up moving, so right now I have primary custody of my son. Uh, what's keeping me in Des Moines now is finishing up school and financial barriers. Describe a typical weekday. Typical weekday would be waking up at 6 in the morning. That gives me like 30 minutes of time to myself to either meditate or drink coffee, get dressed before I have to get the kids up and ready. I get my kids up at 6.30 and I feed them breakfast. 
get them dressed, and then usually I um, try to get out the door by 7.15, 7.30. It's been kind of <laughs> a struggle having another toddler in the house that I'm not used to, so it's uh, been a struggle getting out of the house on time. I take my son to school. He has to be to school at 7.30, so I try to get him on time. It's not, <laughs> not always. I go to class during the day and try to do whatever I might have while my son is at school. I'll try to get all of my things done, so whether that's schoolwork, picking up a shift at the cafe that I work at. I do poetry workshops for Des Moines Public Schools, so I'll schedule in those during the day. And any homework that I need for school or errands. I pick them up from school and daycare, come home, feed them dinner, do our bedtime routine, bath, book, brush your teeth, and lay down. And so I get to try to get them to bed by like 8, and then I'll have some me time to just relax. What do you do for yourself? I do a lot of things for myself. <laughs> I think self-care is really important. I quit a lot of bad habits. So I quit smoking. I quit drinking. I quit drinking Red Bulls and Mountain Dew and all those things that were affecting me negatively. I learned better habits. Uh, so I've learned like how to meal prep to take that time away from, you know, having to cook dinner every night. I put boundaries on my work life. I think that's very important because I think the two things that poor people don't have is time and money. Time has been hugely important for me to be able to take care of myself because if I'm spending most of my time at work, then how am I going to be able to do the things necessary to keep me and my mental sanity intact? What motivates you? breaking generational chains for my family and changing my family's legacy really motivates me. Do you follow a religious practice or go to a place of worship? That's still a journey for me. I did grow up Christian and um, I had some experiences in the church that kind of made me realize that the not not that the Christian faith is isn't for me, but that the church. I didn't want to follow what someone was saying just because they're on the pulpit. I really wanted to learn and, and discern what I believed in for myself. So I've been kind of on a journey. You know, I believe in a higher power, but that necessarily doesn't look like Jesus or a Buddha or Muslim or any any certain religion. I think it God is too big to fit into a box. So I would say that I'm more spiritual than anything. I kind of dabble in a lot of different religions. So I do go to church sometimes. I've looked into Buddhist principles and I learned about the Muslim faith. So yeah, I'm really just trying to really understand for myself what it is that I believe in. When is the last time you asked for help? Today. <laughs> I'm meeting with my cousin after this because I'm working on a video project for my sister is getting married and he's a software engineer, so he's going to help me put it together. Do you vote in elections? I do. 
not as often as I should. Why is it important? Well, I am just now becoming aware of kind of the social environment and how policies play a role in everyday individual lives. For a long time, I didn't understand how the big picture affected my small picture. And, you know, kind of the rhetoric in politics just didn't really resonate with me. I didn't understand it. So now that I'm in school, um, I'm taking classes in history and in government and sociology and psychology and economics. I'm really starting to learn more about the bigger picture and about how all of these different things relate to me and why it's important to be a well-rounded citizen and to use our voice to fight for the things that matter that do affect us. I think that we don't really understand what the policies are and how that's going to affect us. So it it stops a lot of people from voting or becoming involved in the voting process. For me, it's important because I want my voice to matter and I want the vote to count. I want to, you know, stand up for the issues that I believe in and pick a representative that I think is fighting for our best interest as a whole. How has volunteering your time or helping someone made an impact on your life? I think when you stop focusing on yourself so much and when you are looking to just help others, it really makes your world a whole lot bigger. You don't become so self-centered and think that your problems are like the biggest problems and they're so hard to get over, you know. The more that I've helped people and that I've been able to create relationships and build relationships with people and get to know them and the things that they go through, the more I'm able to get outside of myself. I mean, not just look at my issues like, oh, wow, and be grateful for, you know, the things that I'm not going through, I guess. Like seeing the humanity in other people or that we all have pain. It's Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. And so when I help people, it's really, it's me getting outside of myself and connecting with humanity. What trait do you admire most in the people closest to you? Hmm. Willingness to grow. I think that's huge for me and the people that I surround myself with. I want to always be growing. I think iron sharpens iron. So I try to surround myself with people who want to foster growth and is honest about themselves and what they need to work on and honest with me about things that they see that I need to work on. It's hard sometimes because when you take some constructive criticism, it can be like, you know, it's hard to not take it so personal, but I try to take it as all information. That doesn't mean anything about who I am. It just means that, you know, this part of my life needs improvement. How did you find out about Movement 515? It was when I was living in a treatment facility. I had already been writing poetry for quite a while at that point. There was a counselor who worked there who also worked in Des Moines Public Schools and knew about Movement 515, so she encouraged me to reach out to Emily about it. I reached out to Emily and told her my predicament and that I just wanted to volunteer and to help out. 
So she told me to come to one of their workshops. When I came, she had, I don't want to say introduced because I already knew Words Taylor from doing poetry before, but she had connected me with Words and told me that he was looking for some mentors for their Half Pines program. Came to their meeting for the mentors, passed out paperwork and told me to fill out paperwork. And so I asked, like, well, why do I need to fill out paperwork? And it's like, well, you want to get paid, don't you? I was like, oh, I guess I, yeah. <laughs> From then on, I've been involved ever since. And so I started out as a mentor for the Half Pines program and worked up to be a team lead. Now I, I'm no longer working with Movement 515. They're still family. I still come in to all their shows. What brings you the most joy from poetry and mentoring students mm-hmm. or youth? The writing process is really hard and getting them to just get it out of them and say what they really want to say is can be excruciating. Important to like create that safe space and there's you know, because first it's you know tears and it's anger and it's hard work, but then when I see them kind of claim that poem and the, that truth as their own and like get on stage and perform it and find their voice and work through those emotions really makes that all worth it. The writing process and the everything else in life makes it makes it all worth it. What changes do you see in yourself because of your involvement with Movement 515? Oh. Hmm. I think the principles that they live by has really helped to shape and mold me in the principles that I want to live by. So this shirt, for example, I wore their shirt, Energetic Reciprocity, really just a fancy way of saying we build each other up and, and not break each other down. For me, it's kind of morphed into this idea of like being responsible for my own energy and being careful about the kind of energy that I bring into a room that I'm using it to to build other people, foster just love and acceptance and growth with people. On March 1st, 2019, you created a Facebook group called Breaking Free to share the process of writing a book. The book is a collection of your original poems detailing your journey through healing, restoration, and becoming whole. The focal point and storyline shifted to the influence your mom has played in your life. This question should sound familiar because it's one you posted in that group. How did you learn about love growing up and as an adult? Mm, That is such a great question. I think I more learned about what love wasn't than I did about what love actually is. My mom has definitely been the biggest influence in my life in both positive ways and in negative ways. Because I've seen the things that she struggled with, primarily struggling with loving herself and having the courage to love herself very deeply, and healing from some of her childhood wounds and from her sister's death. It created, you know, the spiral in her life of drugs and mental illness and things like that. 
didn't want to pass that on to my son and not love myself enough to affect the way that I was going to be able to love him. I think I, I learned what love was by seeing what it wasn't. And now I'm, I'm able to kind of be a beacon of love and pull that out of other people as well. What does success look like for you? Peace and, and freedom. Freedom in the way of like really doing what you want to do and, and creating the life that you want. Not being chained to something because of, you know, a societal norm or your parents told you that that's the way that life's supposed to be or your religion convinces you that you have to stay with your son's dad, for example, because you had a kid by him. I believe in really creating a life that you want to live and, and live by your values that are important to you and not what society tells you.